Welcome to this podcast. Here we discuss introspection, being, development, and all the good stuff. Welcome, this is Baruch Menashe. I want to discuss today the, the non-being and the being, paradox nature. So we, on one side we have this existence, vitality, you know, the stride of man, if you call it. And on the other side, we have death, despair, depression, um, complete failure of existence, and the unknown, right? So there's the known and the unknown, and they coincide and they exist together. And I want to explain this or, or expound on this in a way where we're connecting it back to our biological nature and the, the parent-child relationship. Okay, because a child, right, uh, uh, a newborn child, exists from the semen of the parent and from the, the eggs of the parent. So, in essence, they're coming from this unknown because there's nothing revealed in, in a microscopic piece of nature that, that is the human being, that is existence. And... It's even strange for me to say because of how separate these two worlds are. It's the human fully formed newborn and then the it's it's semen like nature and this this microscopic scientific little world that even tells us that it, there is something there because the naked eye doesn't even comprehend the the small elements in something so insignificant. So, in reality, the the human being is both from this insignificant nowhere place because it's coming from another human being. And so, what makes them human out of that human being? There's that human being, fully formed, existent. And then there's this new development of something else. So, what you're going to call it a partialization of the parent or you're going to call it some existence of its own. So the human always stands in contrast to its shadow, which is the parent, because the parent controls all of life, all of existence. And somehow there's this evolution where the, the child is, is, is coming out of that and, and gains its own autonomy and existence. So when we see it like that, we recognize that we're always conflicted are we the parent or are the are we the existent child and if anything that is that is the experience of a child at its most fundamental sense am i an autonomous human being that deserves its own existence or am i just uh um something uh, an offshoot or not even an offshoot uh almost a mistake of of the result of something else that and therefore I, as a human being, don't deserve my existence because what is I in relation to that bigger human being above me? So, because that that conflict is there, the child will seek out the validation and the recognition specifically of who? The parent. And in that love and validation, the parent is saying, no, no, you're not from me technically. Technically, you are, but figuratively, you're not from me. And there's something 
distinct and special and unique and human about you. And the more the parent validates that, the more the child gains their own experience of existence. Now, there's no point where the child or the human ever gets to a place where that unknown space, where it's just semen and biological substance from from generations behind and this microscopic world that can't even be recognized as, as any human form and and the, this this real human being that's facing us that 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 contrast that that will always be there and so whatever we face in our our life will will have both the the non-being and the being the existence and its unknown backdrop that it exists within it's this dark matter that we that we are surrounded by that allows us to be but still we are who we are and there's a clear relevance and meaning and existence to our unique space in the world in in terms of that dark matter okay so because of this inherent conflict, we need to seek throughout our life. I, I say need in the way of uh, we need we necessitate we 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 inherently is a need to find the 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 fortitude to face that that backdrop because we're haunted in a real fundamental sense by the unknown that we are derived from and and the unknown that's around us that the destabilization of our existence and we we need to face that in some weird sense but the problem is that we don't have the tools to face all that unknown because of the nature of the fact that it's unknown because of the nature that it doesn't have the human characteristics that allow me to tackle it in a in an intellectual emotional way because it's 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 distant from me by its nature so what happens is this there's this constant dialogue between selfhood in um in a in a comfortable um uh vital way and then selfhood in the insignificant um destable stabilized way so the that that paradox creates what is all conversation what is all because we're never going to get the answer that will say oh oh now we got it because we'll always be faced for instance uh the medieval era and residue still remains now of this obsession with the afterlife to give that answer, right? Because the afterlife says that, no, all that chaos, the chaos of the fact that we come from insignificant places and we come from irrelevancy and, and darkness and unknown, that world out there is actually our world. And we're, we eventually have a meeting place where we unite those worlds and we become all that unknown in a, in a, in an enlightened sense. The problem is that we're still contending with the fact that we're not living in that existence. So 
in the realm of imagination, we could um, find some solace in that. But in the realm of re realistic terms, we still have to contend with being versus non-being. Vi uh, vi vital self versus existential chaos. Okay, so that's the... That's the one of the fundamental paradoxes of a human being. Now, what's 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 there to do about it? Okay, so there's one solution, which is to attach oneself to the collective, which is that one neglects the full individual and by default this crisis of the individual and says that no, I I'm a part of this collective and the collective is internal in some sense, meaning it exists after the individual death, maybe not for long, but exists in the realm of our purview. It exists beyond us, so it's, it's eternal in that sense. And that gives the answer to, to our own struggle with life and death, our own struggle with the unknown and the known. The problem being of the collective is that there is no individual expression and, and and that means that one one is controlled by something that they're not they can't they can't be conscious of their the consciousness is in the collective and the individual doesn't gain any con developed consciousness in that so that the collective goes one way they're with that and the collective goes another way they're with that even if there's a backdrop in their mind of something deeper. They, they, they don't have the fortitude to access that because they've, they've alleviated their ex existential crisis on the collective. Now, this also happens on the individual, especially with relationships, because one can take this existential paradox and place it on all their relationships so that when they're in deep emotional um, dialogue, like the ro uh, the romantics, they they take the other person and say they're the answer to this because, in one sense, they're they're being, but in another sense, they're 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 eternal outside of myself. They're in that space. They take the space of all that unknown chaos. And they become the answer to all anxiety and 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 true pain. The problem is that one is alleviating, like like letting go to the collective. One is alleviating their selfhood and entirety to 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 someone else, and that, as we discussed, that that creates a codependent relationship that ends up killing everybody because everybody loses selfhood and there's no autonomy and then there's no development and no opening of consciousness and whatnot. Okay. Let's get practical with Western views on things and see how the West has been dealing with it and how they're struggling with that um, perception. Well, it's not a secret that the West, um, you know, it's explained well in the in the in the American Dream idea, where the collective 
West or America says that as long as you're producing without any boundaries, you're in deep progress state where no limitations are, meaning some sort of immortality in the individual, meaning an individual has all the fortitude within themselves to access whatever they want, however they want. In this pathological, directed, progressive way, then they can alleviate all this chaos of like, are you the son or the father? Like, who cares? We're, we're part of this bigger picture that, that's going forward. And then death doesn't matter because progress is continuing. And anxiety and, and, and health and all that doesn't matter because we can overcome everything however, whenever, to the, to the goal of progress and productivity. Okay, so... Perfect. And that might be the answer. And then we and then we come to the two thousands and we come to this new era where the tools that were created by this extreme amount of productivity became so much and took over so much of our lives that deeper questions just kept coming up. Like, why am I here? Why is this video here? Why are we on phones? Why are we in these worlds? And what what do they have to do with us? And what do we have to do with them? And what does that mean for all the elements of depth? And if all information is accessible, what does information mean? And like all that product productivity that was obtained, the answer cannot be for more productivity because the productivity itself is asking the question of why am I here? So one might say in the 80s that be responsible, do, take care of your family, do the job well, you know, get home. That 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 simplistic narrow version that doesn't work anymore because, OK, so what's this for? Whatever you're doing, what's the home for? What's like we need we need answers to the productivity that we are sacrificing all of selfhood for. So we're we're meeting the backside of this the the shadow of this ideology or or this Western perception to answer the existential dilemma that we're all facing. The answer, as some may put, would be that well, let's go backwards. Let's go to a place where one can let go of all this openness and all this femininity and all this um, productivity, all this question, all these questions of meaning. And let's go back to a place where things were simple. In the traditionalist view, like things were just as they were. There was clear roles and everything and, and things were perfect. Yet, by doing that, they're not taking into account that the questions are still there. So, they might get back to a place where everything is perfect in an old adage of a religion, but the existential crisis or, or the deep meaning questions that are coming up because 
we are existent in an unknown place. There's no real reason for our existence in the scheme of things. And we need real answers to that. That's not going to do justice because the questions are so large that only head-on conversation about them will give answers. It's like saying someone has a problem in one area, let's go to another area and somehow that problem will get alleviated. But that's not true when when th this problem is exploding. So when what ends up happening is the traditionalists, the people that go into these places, like let's get back, okay, we messed up, we're in a crisis, let's get back. Somewhere in the history there's something true here and we could just hang on to that and that will give us some alleviation from the anxiety we're facing. When they do that, what ends up happening is they get so uh, extreme in those spaces because they're they're constantly trying to alleviate something that they're not willing to face in its in its real adaptation. So they either get really extreme in their view of traditionalist, or they get really extreme in. Um, and applying this, uh, you know, changed version of that. They, they changed the religion in a way or the, the theology in a way where it wouldn't even be considered such in its real time in, in history. I mean, we, we found this parallel in, not well first, but just in speculation, we found this parallel in, um, in the terrorist, uh, era where hopefully this is this is the end of it but like the terrorist era where one used the traditionalist view as an answer to an existential crisis but in doing so they they even whatever period of history they're trying to go back to and capture in that period of history it was never taken at, at that extreme and so they they're they're not really and they're not really going back. They're just taking something from history and just making it more monstrous in, in, in a modern version. I mean, if we're talking Muslim, I mean there's this golden age in the Islamic culture that's just prolific in all their endeavors and in the poetry and the writings and the even the astronomy and the mathematics and whatnot. And like that 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 is like very close to its original um, intent, and so if you're going to be traditionalist, then why not explore that as well? But what's not what's happening is that you can't. It's not possible to go backwards in time and just take and and act like this new age didn't affect you in a profound manner. Like we have to take in the current conversation. Okay, so what what then is the answer? Okay, so first of all, there's no answer because it's a paradox. Are you are you a human being, or or just a part of your father? Like, are you who are you? Okay, so that paradox is still there now. Granted, the, the questions are much stronger and much more potent to a point where we feel we're living in the unknown more than the known. And that and that's problematic because then we we can't experience vitality, being, we can't stride, we can't we can't be be life. We we, we live more of death than life. 
But that means just expanding your horizon in the realm of what you became conscious about. Because this is the interesting thing about nature. If you're not conscious about something, then it's not problematic. If you don't know there's a problem, there is no problem. If one doesn't know there's there's a leak, until that leak comes out and into into reality, into 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 the known, it's not it doesn't really exist. It doesn't exist for the human being. Now, practically speaking, yeah, there's things that are happening, but because they don't know about it, it's not there. So it is the fact that we became way more conscious about things due to our productivity, due to the extreme lever forward, the throttle to progress. And so, boom, we're facing 10 times the amount of conscious. We're aware of everything. We're aware of deep masculinity and femininity in a way that never was. That awareness, the answer to that is to face it with more awareness, more study, more intellect, more to, 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 to find its intricacies and a answer its questions. Because really what it is is just questions and they need real answers, answers that suffice to the level of consciousness, meaning an adult, right, that is in dialogue about a topic, say psychology, and they're talking about some technique or whatever. The, the conversation, the other side of that conversation must be in, in congruence with their level of consciousness about the subject. So say if all of a sudden uh, a master professor in psychology was in discussion, there would be things that would get confused in the conversation because one is like one guy is one person is is fully explored in the area and one is just tapping into some some uh, rudimentary parts of it. And the same thing with a child. You can't speak to a child like you speak to an adult because their consciousness about whatever you're speaking about is just not as expanded. So that because our consciousness has been enlarged and expanded at such a potent level, the answer is to give answers, to be in dialogue at a higher level. And what happened in the 90s and the early 2000s was the answer was the opposite. The answer was, let's go to a more simplistic joking level. Let's go to a more cynical level and somehow we'll forget the, the, the explored consciousness that we've obtained. But that's not possible because once you know something, you know there's a leak, you can never unforget that leak. You can make jokes about it. You could dance around it. You could, you could create uh, films of, of cynicism about it. But... What, what occurs is that it's still there in the mind and it stays there and it never goes away until the problem is fixed. So what we're saying is that the conversation needs to be updated to this way higher level of consciousness. And the approach of cynicism, the approach of comedic um, entertainment or external stimuli is it's good for like a band-aid if someone's in an existential crisis in the morning they're not till the afternoon but the evening all of a sudden hits them with an even larger existential 
worry about it's not an existential worry it's just this unknown that they're not contending with and to contend with that unknown needs the most expansive exploratory levels of wisdom and knowledge and 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 what's amazing is that that stuff is available as never before right it just as the printing press you know distributed books in in a in a mass manner we have all knowledge distributed in a free accessible manner so we we need to enter that space to contend with that higher level of conversation that's needed that being said i i do believe that there is a resurgence of that and i believe that the public discourse that i see is way more developed than let's say it would be in the 15s or the 10s and we are in a path of giving a more creative more truthful more serious answer to these serious questions that being said um there is still this possibility to fall into collective movements of all sorts that will try to give the quick answer to this as opposed to the slow methodical approach through wisdom knowledge philosophy psychology the the arts in in a, in a very unified very universal but very specific manner so like i hope that that's where the conversation goes and that we that we make progress as that moving culture of the western civilization thanks for listening